11 Dubcast, Summer Edition number Trace. This is our third one, I think. I, think. I don't know, really. Well, it's the summer, and being a teacher, as I mention every Dubcast, <laughs> I don't know. What does Johnny do for a living? I'm a sad, it's I'm a, a mystery. It's a small little life. What? What does Johnny do for a living? It's a mystery. Yeah, I know. Uh, so anyway, because I have the summer off, I don't do a lot, <laughs> and I lose track of days and what time it is. Like, honest to God, I didn't know what day it was for about 14 hours today until huh. I saw a text that kind of reminded me what day it was. So hmm. I, like, given that we only do this once a month in the summer, there's a very real chance we've done, like, five or six of them, and I simply don't remember them. It's the 6,000th day of the off season, I think. Yeah. We're we're hovering somewhere around there. It's coming around the corner though. We've got we've got camp that's starting up in like what less than two weeks. So that'll be pretty cool. I think yeah. August tenth is when it opens, so that'll be fun. We've got a quarterback situation that, in my opinion, now this is this is actually what I want to discuss. Okay. But in my opinion, it's mostly solved. Um, we have a big time recruit that no one at all is surprised about, so that's fun. Yeah. And. Yeah, I don't know. Big Ten Media Days is coming up, too. So that'll be fun. I mean, especially with Harbaugh and Urban Meyer in the same room, I really want them to do some kind of, like, fake WWE, like, wrestling promo, you know, where, like, one claims, like, all right, this guy, when I see Jim Harbaugh on the field, I'm going to take him out. Like, I want to see something like that at Urban Meyer, because truly that's what Big Ten Media Days is for. And uh, poking Mark D'Antonio with a stick and seeing what happens, like, when he does <laughs> That's generally what you're supposed to do with those things. Is Harbaugh going to wear a shirt to this thing? Yeah. I mean, I would hope so. He's a very pale man. I don't know that that really needs to be featured in that many pictures. Um, I actually thought Jim Harbaugh would be in a little better shape than that. I mean, I know he's in his, what, 50s now, but, you know. He's a little doughy. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I really have a lot of room to talk. He's not like me doughy, but he's doughy. Well, you know, okay, so here's the thing. There's nothing, look, he's he's not, you know, he doesn't look sickly, I guess. He's just really pale. But I figured that a guy who seems like he eats just, you know, that illegal powdered caffeine for breakfast, you know, lunch and dinner, I I just I thought he'd be like jacked or something. I mean, not, Urban Meyer isn't jacked. I mean, Urban Meyer is, a, you know, kind of a, he's got that dad bod rocking, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, you know, I thought Harbaugh would just be, like, oh, I'm freaking Jim Harbaugh, but he's not. That's okay. You know, I'm not. Look, I'm not. I'm not hating on doing fifties. If I look like that when I'm fifty, I'm you know, whatever. Fine with it. Uh, let's talk about stuff that's not Jim Harbaugh's uh, flabby pale body. Okay. How about that? that? I'm all for that. Because we spent about a minute on. I'm that, all in. And... <laughs> I'm sold. You don't <laughs> have. You don't even have to ask again. <laughs> they're like they're like throwing their computer away after that discussion. Uh... So. Let's start with the biggest story, which is the transfer, the move, the move, I guess, of Braxton Miller to wide receiver. Are you shocked? Are you are you completely floored? Are you is your is it your jaw on the floor? Are you picking it up as we speak? I am about this incredibly surprising bit of news. I'm not actually uh, picking my jaw up off the floor. I I am surprised because I did feel like really? I'm a little surprised. I shouldn't say I'm like shocked, but I, I thought. Right. A two-time player of the year at quarterback could play quarterback one more year. But, um, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of things that go into it that we don't know. We don't know how his shoulder is. Um, we did, well, they were saying, right, like he still had a couple of months of rehab, basically. Yeah, here is the thing. He wants to play his senior year. He's got his red yeah. shirt out of the way. So right. if he wants to play quarterback, he's kind of going to be out of commission until, like, October probably. Right. So he's, he wants to get on the field. Here's a way he can contribute. I'm actually very uh, eager to see him returning punts, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm eager to see him returning punts if he doesn't, like, get broken on the first time. You know what I mean? Like, he is injury-prone, and I do kind of worry about that a little bit. I mean, punts are a play where a lot of people can get injured very easily. But I think, I mean... Here's here, I've thought about this a little bit, right? Like, a lot of people have been kind of surprised about this move, and logically, you shouldn't be, right? Like, this is the smartest move he could have possibly made. He's a next level... He's one of the greatest athletes 
that I have ever seen, period, in any sport. Like, he's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. the things that he can do physically, there's basically maybe two other people in college football that are capable of anything even close to that. So, for me, like, you know, if you can't throw the ball, well, you got to get on the field. H-back, wide receiver-ish kind of thing. That's the best place he can contribute in that. Uh, I think that's great. I think that's a smart move. The reason why I think people are shocked is because they just felt like, well, he's a quarterback. His ego won't allow Quarterback, only quarterbacks only play quarterback. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. Like, that's dumb. Like, if you want to make millions of dollars in the NFL, right, mm-hmm. if you want to market yourself, do what your skills dictate you can do best. And right now for him, that's H-back. I mean, I don't – I'm not nearly as shocked as a lot of people are because I always thought this is the smart play from the very beginning – and if we give Braxton Miller any credit for being an intelligent human being, which he is, he's a, a man, man with a large ego, but also very intelligent, then then he's gonna he's gonna do the smart thing for his career, and and you know especially after Denard Robinson, who's been you know granted he hasn't had a lot of time in the NFL at this point, but he made the transition and he played fairly well last year. I mean he definitely you know was an impact player in a lot of respects. So you know if Braxton Miller can go ahead and do that for himself, then why not? I mean, I think that's great. And this is, you know, going back to the quarterback situation, this is why I say this. I personally am in Cardale's camp right now. And even though I do believe that the offense might run better overall, at least more sustainably under JT Barrett. And this is the question I want to ask you. uh, First of all, who do you think is going to win that competition between him and Barrett? And who do you think is the better quarterback for the 2015 season? Well, before I answer, so those are two separate questions. Yeah. So before I answer either of those two questions, I want to circle back to what you said about Denard Robinson. I think there's, there's yeah. obviously that was a, a probably a, a big factor in seeing how he's been used in the NFL. That's probably a big factor with Braxton Miller. I think, yeah. I think the, the non-ability to actually get the quarterback reps throwing in camp is probably another factor. But the thing, mm-hmm. the thing was what people would brought up to me, well, his natural position in the NFL, he's not going to play quarterback. And I've heard that a million times. And my answer is Jake Locker played quarterback in the NFL. Ter- Terrell <laughs> yeah, Pryor, like Terrell Pryor I mean, got to play quarterback in the NFL. And even if he got drafted, if he got drafted and, and got a quarterback contract, quarterbacks make a little bit more money. And there would be some there would be some things to offset it. So I I was never sold on that whole argument. Well, he's not he can't play I, quarterback. I, don't know, man. Um, I think it's things about making a career. Achilles though. Smith played quarterback in the NFL. Somebody would <laughs> yeah, take a flyer on this guy. <laughs> I don't have to tell you you're a Bengals fan, but I'm telling yeah. you, somebody would have drafted him. He would have gotten the guaranteed money up front, and he yeah. he would have been fine. And then he could have trans you know transitioned into the other thing. So yeah. you know that was my take on it. So, but that yes. said, I'm not I'm not totally shocked. I'm, I was mildly surprised, and not because I thought he had a big ego, but because I thought he could win the job if he was healthy. Right. But you know, that was always the caveat with me: is can he be healthy enough in time to do this? And, yeah, and he's not. He's right? not like he's, he's just not at that point. So, um, your question about JT and Cardale. Okay, there were there were two questions. One of them was who I think is going to be the starting quarterback on opening day. I think you said. Correct. And what was the second one? Second part of the second one is who do you think is actually the best fit? Uh, so the person who might be chosen may not necessarily be the guy that you think is the person who should start. All right. Well, my answer to both is the same thing, and it's JT Barrett. Okay. Why? So I guess what I'm more interested in, because I agree with you in the sense that, you know, he probably makes the offense run a little better, although, well, we can have that discussion in a second. Yeah. But the thing that I'm a little more interested in is why do you think he'll be chosen by Urban Meyer? Here's why I think he'll be chosen by Urban Meyer. I think that he... He's already beaten Cardale out once. I think he'll beat him out again. I think also mm-hmm. this summer, JT has kept his his nose to the grindstone and worked while we've seen Cardale turn up literally everywhere. Um, right. I think there's been a little <laughs> bit of uh, you know, you know, he, he's been living it up and being you know the playboy out on the town and that kind of thing, and he's been seen everywhere. Where I think I think Urban Meyer will reward JT for keeping the low profile and just you know. Yeah. Hitting the film room and hitting the weights and doing the rehab and all that stuff. I think that goes a long way with him, and I think that um, you know he does run the offense better because he can run the, the complete playbook. Every year we hear oh, the quarterback's not going to run as much this year, but every year he has to, <laughs> right? Because it, <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to talk about that because as well a lot, of, right a lot of this offense runs is is predicated on the threat, at least the threat of the quarterback run. Yeah, and it is. it's not that it Cardale is. can't run the football because he can. He's a freaking tank, but he's yeah. not 
as adept at the zone read, which is what everything else sort of, you know, the threat of that sort of sets everything else up. So I, I really well, think that JT is the the better quarterback for this system, and yeah. he's he's certainly he's a more accurate passer. He is not as strong armed, but I mean, who the heck is? Um, but I certainly think he's got a strong enough arm to play quarterback. You know, not only at this level, but I think he's got a strong enough arm to play in the NFL. Sure. Well, and and you know, you can improve on arm strength, right? Like yeah. that's not necessarily set in stone. And he's still got you know several years left in the program. Um, I will say that I I think the maturity factor because you're not the first person I've heard say that. You know, like Cardale's not taking it seriously. He's JT Barrett, blah blah. blah. And I I kind of understand that argument. Yeah. Um, I think he's taking it seriously. I just think sure. he's living it up and and enjoying right. his moment in the you know in the spotlight. Yeah. No. And that's and that's. Like, I get that. And I do agree that I think if push comes to shove, you're talking about the kind of football player that Urban Meyer would want representing his team, he goes for JT Barrett every time, right? Because JT Barrett is a quiet, cerebral guy who is a great leader in the locker room, but he doesn't say anything outside of it. Uh, you know, but, and frankly, I think any football coach would like JT Barrett to be a leader on their team. What I will say, though, is I think a lot of this is going to be determined by camp more than anything else. And, and Urban has said that it's going to be determined on metrics and stuff like that. They could have some internal, like, you know, some internal hard work metric, you know, where they've got the, the board, you know, to see where everybody's at and stuff. And maybe that's part of the consideration as well. Here's the thing, though. Frankly, ultimately, I don't think it really matters that much who is quarterback. I mean, that, that I know that's a that's a cop out, but statistically, I think you're going to see basically the same team, if that makes sense. Like, you still have a ridiculous amount of receivers. You'll have a lot of H-back guys who are crazy. You've got a running back who is, like, all-world. So even though you may have two completely different styles in quarterbacking, whoever you end up choosing, I think, is going to rack up similar numbers. Yeah. I also think, that, I will... um, I also think that both players will play. I, I think that yeah. he'll... I think that whoever doesn't win the starting job is going to get probably a series a half at least. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I, I, I know that Urban's done it before. He's like, I've got all these this talent. I have to get it on the field. And also, well, so here's the, the, off, and the opposition has to prepare for all of that. Yeah, and this is what I want to say about that because this is the reason why I think Cardell will be chosen. Cardell Jones does not run necessarily that quote-unquote offense that we want to see uh, – or at least that we saw from JT Barrett as well. And in other words, he doesn't run the zone read, like you said, but his arm adds such a different element to what you have to do to prepare for Ohio state. Now, if they don't have a wide receiver who emerges like Devin Smith, where you can really do those crazy long 60 yard, 70 yard throws, then that's a different topic. But I think what Cardell does, even though he doesn't really run the offense to a T he brings an added dimension that JT Barrett doesn't necessarily have. And part of the success that I think Ohio State had at the end of the last season was the fact that teams had to account for a factor that they hadn't had to worry about before. All right. Like you had teams like Alabama and Oregon suddenly terrified about the long ball, and all of a sudden their safeties can't creep up a little bit. Right. And so now you've got an issue where you're giving bigger lanes to Ezekiel Elliott. And it opens up the offense a little bit. It's not the offense that you saw for the first 12 games of the year or so, but it's still an incredibly effective one. I think it's just whatever the coaches decide they want to have as their offense. And you don't have Tom Herman there anymore. So that, you know, a lot of it depends on, you know, what Warner wants to do with it. But I ultimately think Cardell's going to win out simply because he had a dimension that he brings. Um, if he doesn't, you know, again, if he, he comes up to fall camp and he's just screwing around, he's not doing what he needs to do, then, yeah, I can totally see JT Barrett getting it over him because of those factors that you mentioned. But I just think that Cardell's too big of an X factor for Urban to kind of not put on the field. But Johnny, didn't you hear Alabama didn't take him seriously? They didn't respect <laughs> yeah. him enough. So now every, uh, maybe, everybody's, maybe. everybody now is going to respect him. And now it's, 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 it's over. The free ride is over for Cardell Jones. They can respect him all <laughs> they want because now you've got, now you've got Jalen Marshall, Braxton Miller, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Dontre Wilson, Mike Tom, you got all these dudes on the field at the same time. I don't care how much they respect Cardell anymore. Yeah. There's too many guys they have to respect. Well, see, that's and the other that's thing the thing. about uh, the, the That's the other thing that sort of leads me to believe JT Barrett is because with yeah. with Braxton in the game as your H-back, there's going to be a lot of the zone read stuff. 
Well, then why would you have two dudes who could effectively do the same? You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't you have a guy in Cardale who could essentially just be like the, all right, well, I'm going to do it, you know, bomb it deep, and then if we need somebody to run some of the zone stuff, well, hey, maybe we'll do a little direct handoff or direct snap to Braxton or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I think I we will see like, that. I think, we, I think yeah. we will see both quarterbacks. I, I really believe that because I think once Urban Meyer saw what he had – and once Ed Warner saw what he had and, and the mm. abilities that they have and the compl- the way they complement each other and, and also the way they contrast, I think you, you've got to use these weapons. You can't just leave, you know, leave them right. on the bench. Yeah, and, and that's really the thing. Like, there's so many redundancies built into this offense. Like, two-thirds of the offense could just suck out loud, right? <laughs> like, the skill players could just have horrible games, but you still have a crap ton of world beaters that, as long as they're just playing, like, you know, with any level of mediocrity, they're still going to be better than pretty much everybody else in the conference. So this is – the offense looks scary good right now. You know what I mean? Like, whoever you put at quarterback, it looks really terrifying uh, for opponents. Now, maybe Ezekiel falls off a little bit. Maybe Jalen Marshall, you know, regresses or something. Wait, maybe Zeke's a lot not of gonna, bad things happen. Wait, Zeke's not going to run for 240 yards a game anymore? Yeah, well, see, that's the thing, though, because <laughs> – he might, and that's the thing. Like, I know we get, like, we, we put all these huge expectations, especially in the preseason, but, man, he did that against really tough defenses, right? Like, mm-hmm. really tough defenses. They're returning almost the exact same offensive line that played last year. They're missing one dude. Yeah. They've got a quarterback who it's either the person who runs his own read to perfection, right, which opens it up for him, or it's the guy that, terrifies off or defenses enough that they have to back off from the line for him. So either way is going to have an advantage, no matter what the quarterback is. I think he's going to have a ridiculous year this year. If he prepares the way he needs to, and he runs the way they did in those last three games there, the schedule is not great and he's going to be playing the entire season. That's the thing. He did not, he basically did not play for the first, like, what, two or three games? Like, he had a couple of carries. He was splitting time with Rod Smith, for crying out loud. Yeah, he, for the first he, couple games. he he definitely didn't. It was a kind of an up-and-down thing early in the year. I remember he yeah. he went kind of he kind of went off on Cincinnati, if I recall correctly. Yeah, a little bit. Um, like, every time he touched the ball, it was five, six yards at least. So you kind of saw a glimpse of what would happen later in the season. But I don't think quite the work ethic was quite there. I don't think that the, yeah, the coaching that, staff that, wasn't that, really that. ready to ride with him totally. Um, I think they wanted to reward Rod Smith for, for, you know, his service and for his off season work. And then of course he threw that all away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, but I don't see in the, when I look at the backfield this year, I don't see a strong challenger to Ezekiel Elliott. So he, he needs to take it on himself to, to carry that mantle and keep himself prepared. Yeah, so it's it's going to be really interesting. I mean, if, if again, if he prepares and does the things that he needs to do, I, I don't know that there's going to be – like, the offense is still going to be great regardless. I mean, <laughs> you've seen it with Jim Trestle offenses. By the way, not great yards-wise in terms of, like, racking up the yards, but, for example, I think in Pryor's last season with Ohio State, they averaged something like 36 points a game. The 2010 offense was very, very strong. That was a really yeah, great I mean. Offense. We like to rag on it because of what it was, but just because you're running the ball doesn't necessarily mean that you're bad at it. You know, like, I mean, they they had uh, they had a good running game. They had Dane Sanzenbacher, you know, yeah. passing game, and, and prior whenever he needed it to, he would just turn the corner and get 15 yards. Right. So, so I, you know, I, I think this is an offense that's very, you know, it's it's built to last, and it's going to be a really really tough thing to deal with for the Big Ten this season. Uh, let's talk about recruiting a little bit. We're going to get to ask us anything here in a second, but I do want to mention recruiting. Okay. Uh, had a big commit from Nick Bosa, which no one in the world is surprised about at all. Yeah, baby bear. <laughs> yeah. So, and and honestly, like, you know, he's he was he's right now a higher rated recruit than Joey ever was, which doesn't really mean much when you know he's like three and then Joey was like thirty. Like, they're still obviously five star next level talents. Right. But people are saying that Nick might be end up being even better than Joey, which right now seems hard to conceive. Uh, <laughs> but but it, yeah, I mean that's what they're saying. I don't know. Are are you super Are you super excited for this recruit? Give me more Bosas and more Borens, and I'm happy. That's yeah, what, that's what I mean I if we can just like lock down that entire 
you know, family line for the next like five or six generations, I think we'll be all right. Here's the thing that excites me about it, and, and I know there's no way this is ever going to happen. But <laughs> I was going to say, say it. You know, maybe you want to play a year with your brother, Joey. <laughs> maybe just one. Uh, it's never going to happen. And have a Bosa at each end and just demolish guys. I mean, it would be like it would be, it would be like Fast but... Times at Ridgemont High when, uh, when <laughs> the dude was just like destroying the entire offense. Yeah, no, I, I know. Yeah, I, I was talking to a buddy at the gym about that. <laughs> that would be great, but I don't ever see it happening, but it would be pretty fantastic. I was thinking the Bash Brothers and the Mighty Ducks. I thought that would be yeah. pretty Well, I, I mean, God, it, how it, horrible it would be if you're a quarterback and then, like, the Bosa's get the edge on both sides of the line and just, like, sandwich you right in between. They would, it, you would be a, a paste. You would be a fine paste. I think at that point. I actually think that's how the Large Hadron uh, Collider is going to <laughs> expand its operation. In the next couple of years, yeah, they could bring in the bosses. You know that maybe they shouldn't play together because they could actually cause a singularity to occur <laughs> right here. Well, there you go. And it, you know what? <laughs> then that's something that Ohio State needs to definitely you know get with the guys at CERN and make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. about I'm, I'm very college. excited about Nick Bosa though. I mean, it's a great pickup, and I mean, we say it every, seemingly every time we do one of these podcasts is that. This is an unbelievable recruiting staff, and now they have a championship ring to show off. So, I mean, it's every time somebody commits, you look and you go, oh, five star with offers from Alabama and Auburn and Florida State. <laughs> you know, and all this. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, Jim Trestle brought in some decent recruiting. I mean, 2008 recruiting class was unbelievable and did not pan out that way, but. Uh, you know, Jim Trussell brought in some good recruiting classes, not like really anything insane. He usually averaged like maybe five to 10th recruiting class in the country. Usually not much better than that. Uh, but yeah, some of the stuff that Jim or that Urban Meyer has been putting together is ridiculous. Just stockpiling into a a real destination, uh, school. So like, you know, you know, Tress would get his, his 23 guys, 16 of them would be from Ohio, you know, or 14 or whatever. Now right. it's like guys from Ohio are having a hard time. Like the top guys from Ohio are having a hard time getting Ohio State offers. Yeah, because it's now a national thing. You got guys coming in for Friday Night Lights from California and Georgia and Florida and you know all over the place. Guys that are you know you know carrying offers from you know every SEC school and you know in Notre Dame and Florida State and USC and Oregon and all these places. So. It's it's a very exciting uh, time to be following you know Ohio State recruiting, and I think that it's uh, if this team does anywhere near what it's supposed to do this year, it's just going to continue to build. Yeah, and and you know it, that's the great thing is that it's <laughs> it's not something that you feel is just going to be like a one off thing, right? Like yeah, this is just going to keep going for years and years and years and years and years, and you feel great about Ohio State forever. Uh, let's, let's do a little ask us anything All right. about that. Okay. How about, how about we answer the questions that so many people want to know? And I got to tell you something. So we have a, a guest coming on in a little bit. I'm going to, let's, you know what, we'll, we'll ask, we'll answer all of these and then we'll ask him one of the ones that we like. How about that? Let's not hold anything back. All let's right. just, let's do it. All right. So the first one is from, uh, Chad Lindsley. Um, really? Yeah. 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 Is he related to Corey Lindsley? I don't think so. Okay. But <laughs> for a second, I was like, wait a minute. No, well, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> so this is from Chad Lindsley. Uh, unless it goes by Chad. Nah. All right. Anyway, so first of all, when's the next dubcast? Right now, Chad. You're listening uh, to it. That's right. <laughs> well, not right now. We're just recording it. But, yeah, I know. But by the uh, time you hear this, you'll be listening to it. That's right. Uh, so two questions. First, what are your hopes for Jim Harbaugh's team? Do you want them to turn to run the table prior to the OSU game, or would it be better for a few embarrassing losses to UNLV and Indiana? How about the UM MSU game? Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, how do you want Harbaugh doing his first year? I would like Jim Harbaugh. See, you have to remember, I grew up during the Cooper years. Yeah, so did I. I know and, I'm, and the, look, the early years and John Cooper years. Nineties kid. I would like to see Jim Harbaugh. Rich rotted up. Really? I would like to see him be a bigger. Do you know how much butthurt there would be coming from Ann Arbor if their savior Jim Harbaugh came in and j- and couldn't do any better than Rich Rod? Do you know? How, I mean, yeah. How delicious the Wolverine tears would be from that. 
Yeah, it would be a, I don't know. I want I want them to be good. I like I I'm, I've taken a pretty firm stand on this. I don't want them to suck. I do want an embarrassing loss before Ohio State. I think a loss to like UNLV or Indiana would be hilarious. But I want them to be good, right? Like I want them to not suck. So when we beat them, I take look. Let me put and this is this is the point that I have made before, and I think this is my ultimate stance on this. We have played Illinois almost as many times as we've played. Michigan, right? Yep. Like almost 100. I think we've played Illinois something like 98 or 99 times. Do you give a crap about playing Illinois? Well, they got, no, they got that because turtle. they suck. They got because they that suck and they've thing. always sucked as long as people can remember. So the point is, is that if Michigan sucks and always sucks, no one's going to care eventually. We're going to stop thinking of it as a rivalry. I know you're just like, my hate's eternal. No, it's not. If, you, if people stop, look, if somebody's been poking you, jabbing you in the eye for 10 years, that's really annoying. Yep. If they don't do it for like ever after that, and then you turn old and gray and you're like 90 years old, you're not going to be sitting on your deathbed going like, God, I hate that guy who jabbed me in the eye when I was 10. See, like, you don't care anymore. You've got a whole though. lifetime experiences. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but I want to go another decade before they get good, just to double up what they did to us during the Cooper <laughs> years, just to double that it's, up and even that decade, up. Man, it's been a while. It's, it's been a it's, long time. Yeah, but you know, I'm still, I'm still not happy that we lost to Brady Hoke. Um <laughs> <laughs> really not happy about that. That was a gimme, though. That was a little year. I'm not. Um, I'm not a, but and the uh, other thing about Harbaugh was that as a player, he guaranteed a win over Ohio State and then delivered because we missed a field goal. And I'm still <laughs> very salty about that. That's well, that's that's fair. Uh, okay, second question from Chad here. Are you nervous or excited about Ed Warner as a play caller? We're all pumped about the 2015 offense. We just talked about this for 15 minutes. But I'm a little nervous about the coaching change. I live near East Lansing and plan to live in a hole if we don't beat Sparty this year. I don't know. How do, how do you feel about that? Are you are you a little, little, little chilly-willy on that one? You're not super happy? I'm fine with the offense because I think that the real mastermind is still here. Um, Tom, <laughs> yeah. Tom Herman, let's face it. Yeah. Tom Herman made some play calls, but Urban's on the headset. If Urban says that's a stupid idea, we're not doing that. They don't do that. So, right. I, I feel I mean, like he does that. He has the final say. Yeah, on there's that. quality control in place. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Now, give me a few games to see how Ed Warner does before I, you know, answer that. But I, I right as of now, I think, no, I think there's quality control already in place and, and, uh, you know, Urban having veto power, pretty much makes it okay in my book. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, as as good as Tom Herman was, and I'm not taking anything away from him because he's was awesome. excellent. Did you know he was he in He occasionally would make mistakes, right? Like, he would do dumb stuff from time to time, and he's not perfect, he's and that's Mensa. okay. Yeah, well... Did you know that? I don't think ever, anyone I, I has didn't. ever said that before. Right. <laughs> um... But anyway, what I'm saying is that there might be some growing pains with him, but you got to keep in mind, he's been an offensive coordinator before. He knows these guys extremely well, especially if he knows the offensive line the way he does. I'm not worried about it, honestly. I mean, I'm with you. I think with Urban Meyer having the ultimate say-so on this stuff, I think it's going to run just fine. Yeah. Ed is obviously a very you know accomplished dude with a pretty long resume on the offensive side of the ball, even like – the guy can work with Charlie Weiss and field a successful offense. Like, <laughs> I'm not sweating it. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not super super uh, afraid. And honestly, against Sparty, I'm not not worried about that one. That one's at home. They've lost a crap ton on on defense. Connor Cook is super inconsistent. So yeah, I'm not worried about that one. Uh, so let's let's move on. We got a we've got a couple of. Twitter questions. I'm pulling them up right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And we're going to tell you guys how you can contact us because I forgot to do that at the yeah. beginning of this, but we'll do that in a second. Anyway, let's let's go through these. we got like four. So first one's from Nick. What is your definition of a sandwich, Michael? Do hot dogs count or do tacos count? Do those, those count? Are those sandwiches? Uh, I don't consider them sandwiches, but if you if you want to get technical and say that like it's, well, like, I do want to get technical. It's like meat between bread, then I guess it's all kind of the same. But um, So you do count that as a sandwich? Yeah, I, I, I kind of would never like really call it that, but I guess it is. Because yeah. here's the thing, because I was thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, I was going to try to be harsh and define a sandwich as it's got to be two regulation pieces of bread. So we're talking about slices of bread from a loaf. So right? like nothing with not, so you wouldn't have like a pita pocket sandwich. That wouldn't Right, and that's what I was trying to avoid. That's what I was trying to avoid. So I'm like, okay, a sandwich is a sandwich. you got to have bread from a loaf of bread. 
But I would count a Philly cheesesteak as a sandwich, right? Yeah. That's basically just on like a roll that you cut in half. Right. So why does the meat be more important than the bread, which the bread is really the essential part of the sandwich. Yeah. So you know what? Yeah, hot dogs count. Do tacos count? No. Tacos don't count because tacos are made from, like, flour and corn, which is not wheat. Now, I know that's a weird line in the sand to draw. So flour's not made from wheat? Well, but it's mostly corn, right? Like, <laughs> Well, right? there are corn tortillas and there are flour tortillas. Yeah, I guess. The soft tortilla is basically just flat. Yeah. It's just flat bread. It is. You're right. And I like flatbread sandwiches. Yeah. But I'm here's the thing. It. I'm not saying that it's technically not a sandwich, but I'm not calling it that. That's all I'm saying. All right. I'm not calling a taco oh. a sandwich. I'm not saying taco sandwich. No, that's not all right. right. I'm all right. saying so taco. Okay. Fair, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Then you're right. Then it, Okay, they're sandwiches, but we can call it what we want. You know, when I'll I was... I'll try to pitch down. <laughs> when I was in uh, elementary school, I can remember this. We had the, 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 uh, the menu, the lunch menu on the refrigerator, like you do, you yes. know, for school. And it would yeah. say, it would say... Like Hamburg Sand, like you know, because everything was abbreviated to make it fit in the little boxes, and it did say Hot Dog Sand, so it was like huh. it, it, it gave, they gave the abbreviation for sandwich. Well, for there hot you dog. go, so, and, that, and that's probably from the government, and that, you know, we're gonna go for anything for a definition on sandwiches. We should go to the government. <laughs> yeah, the I government is never wrong about anything. You know what? The, well, they they take their sandwiches very seriously. All so right, so I. I got two questions here, huh? So do I. Good. I take my sandwich very uh, seriously. Yes, we have two questions from Mr. Andrew Hare, mm-hmm. and I think I just I don't know whatever. Anyway, because he calls himself Mr. Andrew Hare on Twitter, right? Yes. And I feel like we've gotten emails from him, and then we said Mr. Andrew Hare, and I don't know if he's doing it because I don't know if his Twitter handle is Mr. Andrew Hare because we said An- Mr. Andrew Hare, or we started saying Mr. Andrew Hare because we saw it on Twitter first. Chicken and egg. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm not really sure how that worked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, if Butter Urban Meyer is hired at Purdue tomorrow, how long does he uh, take then to get them to a bowl game, and does he do recruiting better? Uh, no. Actually, he just asked this question twice, so it's not okay. two separate questions. So no, no, because – you know, because butter camp first starts of all, in August. Explain. Butter Andrew, butter Andrew Hare, butter, butter Andrew, butter Urban Meyer, butter, butter Urban Meyer is being unveiled at the Ohio State Fair. Yeah, it's Urban and, Meyer made out of butter. In case you didn't know right. that, alongside a a Brutus the Buckeye made out of butter, alongside a traditional cow made out of butter. Which, by the way, if you're in the vicinity of Columbus, Ohio, I, I highly recommend you check it out because. You're into butter sculpture. That one's as far as butter sculptures go. Those are just go to the state fair and get some elephant ears because they're delicious. Yeah. Okay. You should do that. Um, uh, but anyway, how long does it take to get I them think, to the I think he, it never happens because uh, you know camp opens in August, butter urban melts. <laughs> that's it. Game over. Wow, Frosty the Snowman situation. Yeah. That's, that's a little depressing, actually. Uh, I think he wouldn't be hired at Purdue tomorrow if they could get the choice. Does he do recruiting better? Well, if he's recruiting the Midwest, yes. You know, like, frankly, like, I've gone to the Ohio State Fair purely because of their butter sculptures. If I were a low to middling level recruit, I think I might consider Purdue purely because of the, you know, a butter sculpture of Urban Meyer. I, I think that's possible. Does he take him to a bowl game? I would say they have exactly the same chance to go to a bowl game with butter Urban Meyer as they do with any other coach. Well, you know, and I'm I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for Daryl Hazel to do well. So I'm it's, it's I am a, too cuz I like question for me cuz he's 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 uh he's a good guy. We like we like yeah. Daryl. So um but yeah, the thing about Butter Urban Meyer he he should not go anywhere near the training table. <laughs> no, especially again, especially in the Midwest. Yeah. Last question here. This is from Grace Baptist Church. I'm not making this up. Apparently, there's a Twitter account for Grace Baptist Church in Ludlow Falls, Ohio. They have <laughs> tweeted three times, and one of those tweets is to us. Yeah, we're very uh, honored for that. I guess. So, uh, <laughs> Grace Baptist Church wants to know, would you rather beat Bama by 100 or that team up north by 86? Man, that's a great question, too, because it would be really awesome to win by more than 80 points against Michigan. It really would be like the one thing. We, we would all wear T-shirts about that forever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Holy crap. 
but a hundred is a hundred. <laughs> I mean, that's and it's not that we'd score a hundred; we'd beat them right, by 100. fourteen points. You think, oh, okay, so it's just two touchdowns difference, but a hundred means we beat you by a hundred. We didn't beat you by eighty six; we beat you by a hundred, and that was that one would never die. And if if this team would beat Nick Saban's team by a hundred. Alabama, the whole entire state might never recover. So it might take Auburn down with it. I don't know. But, yeah, I w- I'm going with beating Bama. The entire Bama. state of Alabama yeah. would just collapse into a fire. <laughs> I'm, I'm for beating Bama by 100 because then you could say, hey, we won by 100. Come on. Right. No, I agree. I, I think that one double zero is, is what puts it over the top. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I would rather beat Bama by 100. So those are the questions that we had this week. Please continue to send them in. Michael, can you tell these fine listeners how we can accomplish that goal? Yes, you can uh, hit us up on the Twitters, which is probably the easiest thing for most people to do. We are uh, Our Twitter handle is at 11dubcast. They spell, all, spell that all out, E-L-E-V-E-N-D-U-B-C-A-S-T. Also, you can reach us at dubcast at 11warriors.com via the traditional Gmail if you actually you know aren't doing this on your phone. Um, or you could do it on your phone as well, but you know we do occasionally get emails. We do get some emails sometimes. We we get more during the season um, than we do during the summer, but but that's true. Either way is good. Uh, Dubcast at elevenwarriors.com or Twitter at eleven Dubcast. Those are the those yeah. are the best ways to get a hold of us and ask us literally anything. Yeah, I mean the the butter question is a very good question, yes. as is the sandwich one. So we we look forward to more of those. And as a third alternative, you can you know send a uh, messenger pigeon and, and drop something on the eleven Dubcast headquarters. Send an owl, Harry Potter. Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! All right, joining us tonight is Tim Hall from ninety-seven point uh, one, the fan uh, host of Buckeye Extra with uh, Beanie Wells. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Really appreciate your insight, especially with all the crazy stuff that's happened the past couple of days. Um, we got a lot to talk to you about. Oh, so. dudes, yeah. Michael, Johnny, good to talk to you. And just, I just want to stop you. Make sure you say co-host because I don't want to seem selfish. I mean, it is, <laughs> it's 50-50. It's me and Beanie. We've got a whole thing fair. about that where I didn't change my Twitter profile because I was solo for a while before <laughs> Beanie came on. It's like, my <laughs> God, no, I don't think I'm better than you. I'm much, much worse. If anything, <laughs> you can be the host. I'll be the co-host. Yeah. That's incredibly oh, generous of you, Tim. It is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> very, very like. And Beanie's, you know, well, Beanie's a big dude. You gotta, you gotta defer to him. God, he's <laughs> huge. He's huge. You don't. You know what? I ran know. into him. I was at uh, Eddie George Grill when I was in college because we we actually graduated almost at the exact same time, and I bumped into him at Eddie George Grill uh, like my senior year or something. I think actually it was during the 2006 national championship game for basketball. And I literally bumped into him. Like, he was going one way. I walked in the other. I wasn't paying attention. I knocked him. I thought, I was like, I've never been more scared for my life hmm. ever. God. Like, he's just a gigantic human being. Like, I'm a tall dude, but, like, I'm not a wide dude. Like, I uh, like yeah. I worked, I did the show with Bobby, like, as you know, for two oh, yeah. years. And Bobby's, like, right. a, a prototype linebacker. Like, he's, right. he's big. And then Beanie, I mean, I know there's big running backs out there, but, my God, like, you would not know the difference of, like, body size with the – Beanie to Bobby like he he has like Bobby stays up with his workouts and I mean I came right. to find out that Beanie does too but like when he says that he's working at the Planet Fitness I'm like wait a minute you're working at the Planet Fitness like you're not like going to the facility every day like okay so you're and then he's telling me about like his 47 minute 5k and I'm like okay okay so it's not to the level that Bobby right. is, but he even admits that he'll like eat pretty poorly but he's he's like got that bill where he could let it go a little bit and still look like a monster and still look fantastic. Yeah. Like he could put on like 10 or 15 pounds of fat and you would not know it. You, he'd probably even look even more insane because of like just that stock build that he has. Like he, he's, he comes in wearing like these t-shirts and I'm like, what size is that? Like a small, it's like, no, it's a double, <laughs> it's a double XL, but it just looks like a, a Mark Cuban medium there to you. Yeah, right. He even, oh, he I would I, be I, like I trying to, to trying to tackle a Jeep if you were trying to tackle him. You wouldn't. You want no part of that. You want. We were like, like looking, somebody, we were looking up into his uh, Madden. Uh, the Madden ratings came out like uh, last week. We we were having some fun with that on the show, and he yeah. got a little nostalgic and pulled up. He's like, I want to see what my like best rating was, and 
he actually rated he was like one of the highest rating running backs in like 2000 the 2012 or 13 version like the last year he was in the league and he had like right. a 96 in the truck stick rating which yes. there was only like Marshawn Lynch was higher than him like in the game <laughs> that year I was like so there you go man they say you got no breakaway speed but you can run up the middle in a straight line and nobody wants anything to do with you so yeah yeah, my favorite thing is when a dude wears a suit and it just looks like a wetsuit, like they're about to go scuba diving, you know, like they get, the fabric barely stretches over their body, and it's just, and then, you know, that's a big dude. Uh, so, Tim, we didn't bring you on just to talk about Beanie Wells' physique. We also brought you on to talk about the, the large topic that we kind of tackled today, which is uh, Braxton Miller officially announcing that he's going to H-back. First of all, the first question that I have for you on this one is, how big of an impact do you think that's going to be overall to the offense? Because the offense, I don't know if you know this, is pretty good to begin with. And then secondly, and this is the question that I asked Michael, do you think, and, and this is obviously a huge big deal, and this may take you a while to answer, but do you think there's an appreciable difference between JT Barrett and Cardell Jones taking the job, and who do you think should have the job versus who do you think will end up with the job? This I'm sorry, that's like everything. No, 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 it's it's cool, it's cool. We we're just we're we just talk here. This is you know, it's a it's a, it's a podcast. It's very we're on the two form, right? Like we're not on the boo form here. <laughs> we're on the cutting edge yeah. of like cool conversational. <laughs> no, what's what's crazy about this is to the first part, I think Braxton Miller is is going to have an impact for sure making this switch. Right. But it's like you said what did we just see this offense do last year? How many points did they average? If I'm not mistaken, it was the it was I mean they broke like a hundred or so records, right? Like Ohio State yeah, records was, offensively. How yeah. to think that they'll probably break those same one hundred or whatever records that they just broke last year. They'll probably do it again. <laughs> and it's insane to think. Like they averaged fifty or fifty two exponentially better. Yeah, fifty or fifty two points per game. They could probably take that up to sixty. And I don't know – I mean, Braxton's going to be phenomenal, but it's, I thought without him being a part of it, they already had so much talent at those positions. We're not right. even, like, remembering to talk about guys like Curtis Samuel or uh, how about that Paris Campbell kid? I just saw him oh, yeah. get the crap scared out of him by the mannequin the other day. But <laughs> these there, – there are guys that we can't even stir up conversation about because there's so much talent. So it's – I think it's a tough way to answer, tough question to answer because Braxton is, I think, going to be lethal when he makes that switch. But in the end, if you were to, you know, simulate a season where Braxton wasn't playing that position and simulate a season where Braxton was in that spot, you know, somebody else would have been able to play that position and do maybe I don't know, eighty percent of the work, maybe more of what Braxton right. gives you. Like he's gonna, you're gonna see him out there and you're gonna say, whoa, like when he gets the football in space a couple of times. You're going to say, this is, this is helping the team. It's, it, it is absolutely People helping the team, but I thought man. the team was going like, to be so, was so much better than they were, you know, offensively across the board. Maybe not so much better. Cause again, how much better can you get when you're breaking all these records, but they're, it, it's going to work. I, I think they, they made the right decision and, or he made the right decision and come to the realization that he's going to switch and it's going to, it's going to help the team out. It's going to help himself out for the pros and your part about Cardale, JT Barrett, it's it's kind of the same it's kind of the same deal for me. Like either either guy that you're gonna go with, it's gonna it's gonna produce results. I mean, for for the Heisman odds here, they just had uh, before we got the news about Braxton, it was just like the three guys were just all hovering right there in a holding pattern, like they're just waiting to see which one starts, and then he's gonna skyrocket up to the you know, second or third favorite. I guess they really think highly of Trevon Boykin, but I'd, I'd I'd like to see it, pal. You know, to right. take it away from Zeke or whoever's going to quarterback these Buckeyes. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's good news. Braxton's going to be a, a a major player switching to this role. It's exciting because you know we've never seen him do it before, but. We've heard coaches like Pat Narduzzi say that he was the best running back that they faced while he was there, and that's that's a lot of good running backs that you faced <laughs> in the Big Ten to say yeah, that I mean, the guy who plays quarterback was the best running back that you faced the whole time. So it's crazy, but I honestly don't know like uh, that they wouldn't have been 
you know, really good if Braxton was still going for the quarterback position because there's just there's that much talent all over the place on this field. Yeah. So Tim, actually, one of the, go ahead. Mike. Yeah, I was going to ask. You know, you 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 and Beanie talked to Trestle today, and yeah, um, which which is really cool because you know we still love Tress, and everybody does. I'm I'm, I'm coming to find out. I'm thinking out, yeah. that you know with with the way Ezekiel Elliott played the last three games and the way the offensive line played the last three games. Do you think there might be a little bit more uh, of a tendency to say, "Look at what we've got here. Let's uh, let's trestle a little bit. Let's uh, let's just grind the opponent to dust with this running game." Do you think we're going to see more of that this year? And do you think that will affect how the quarterback battle goes? You know, and that's that's a question that I've I've wanted as we're recording this tonight. We did talk to Tress, and I that is an exact question that I wanted to to pose to him but we ran we were moving along and ran ran out of time because and I don't know if he would have answered it straight up anyway because he still loves the fuck guys <laughs> and he wouldn't want to pick one guy well, over the other Tressel. but right it seems kind of obvious if you're going for like the trestle style it would be the guy who was you know more you know ball control and getting the running game you know into it more and that was Cardale Jones and that's what that's what I point out like I I don't have any inside knowledge of what's going on over there or which way people are, are leaning and I mean, and JT bear, at least as we talked about the Heisman odds, he's coming up ahead of Cardale Jones at the time being. So I don't know what they know or wh- how they feel that's going to happen that way. But I, I certainly like to see my running back rush for over 200 yards a game against the competition <laughs> that he did. So, and you don't have to put it on your quarterback to rush 15 to 20 times. I've just never, I right. haven't hated it because with Braxton Miller doing it, it looks pretty damn good, and he's not Braxton Miller unless he was doing those things, so you kind of needed it. But if there's a way to not do it and to try to keep your guy healthy for longer because we've just – going through quarterback injuries is not something that we want to we want to mess with again. And that's that's been one of the reasons why, why I've been pro-Cardale since we've been talking about this, and he's the guy that I – I really want to see win the job because of those reasons. You get Zeke so much more involved, and the way he stretches the field with the deep ball, it's going to soften things up. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, running the football is great when you're going to get nine, 10 yards every time you, you put the ball in somebody's hands. I mean, why would you, <laughs> why would you ever stop doing that? That's going to, you know, we think Urban Meyer is the, you know, flashy spread him out offense, but. When when he's got guys that can get it done without having to take it to the air, you do it. I mean, some of the some of the best drives from the three playoff games were when they just got behind that offensive line and kept it on the ground and just it was Zeke yeah. just gashing them left and right. And even Cardale, he can do that too. With that's kind of one of the the X factors with his game where he's still got that element of running the football and it's a bruising, powerful style of running that you don't need to, well, you don't really I mean, need to announce it. It could be like a third and right. two or third and three where you can get in that shotgun and you feel really good about that guy with a full head of steam, just picking up the short yardage and getting the sticks. I mean, I think people forget though, that like Cardale Jones was originally recruited as like Terrell Pryor 2.0, right? Like that was kind of his, right. that was kind of the point that they were going with there. And he can definitely, I mean, running the football is not going to be, he's not going to run for a thousand yards in a season, but he, the element is still there. Right. And it's used, by the way, I'm glad you said all that yeah, because that is two votes for Cardell <laughs> and one vote for JT Barrett. So I believe we've already decided this quarterback <laughs> controversy right here on the 11 double well, cast. Well, well why, why uh, what's, what's your view then on the, uh, on the why for JT Barrett? What, what, what's your take on why JT over Cardell? Well, my, Michael. Well, my take was that, that I think JT beat Cardale out once in practice. I think he could do it again. I think he also allows the entire playbook, where I don't think Cardale allows the entire playbook to be used because he's he's not as adept at the the zone read type stuff that I think a lot of Ohio State's offense works off of. It's not to say that they have to go with the same stuff that they've always gone with. I just I just don't see Urban changing his ways, and I think that JT just sort of allows him to use the entire thing. And another thing that I didn't even bring up earlier is sure did turn the ball over a lot the last couple of games, and JT wasn't turning the ball over a lot, and I think that that is a very important uh, factor to keep in mind that, that Urban doesn't like those turnovers. Yeah, that, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's what's it's what's going to be fun, even even though it's less fun because you've only got two instead of three, but yeah. – 
it's these two different types of dudes where, again, and it's it's the good. I, I get so sick and tired of it. Oh, it's a good problem to have, you know. And it's got to be so tired. It's got to be so tiring hearing that just over and over and over. At the end of the day, you have to tell. You got to look one of these guys in the eyes and say, "Buddy, you." You're not gonna, you know, the bench is nice. Like, look, this guy's gonna get hurt. You know it. So, so you'll comfy. be playing. So don't even worry about that. But just to start, we just need you you're sitting on the bench, ready to go. That's we need you to be ready because you could yeah. be, you could be called on at any moment. Just looking one of those guys in the eyes and having to tell them that, like how as good as they are, like a dude who just set the record for touchdowns at Ohio State last year, the guy that got you know confetti right. and a trophy every time he played a game. It's it's going to be impossible to do, but they both – it's like you're right. For everything you said against for, – for JT Barrett, the guy, it's hard to be here in a situation where you're arguing for another dude, but sometimes you don't know what you're missing until you see it. and that's, <laughs> You don't know what it's got. Yeah. You got it until it's yeah, gone. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what, uh, what I our, – our eyes were opened with, with Cardale and what he, in, when he came out, when he burst onto the scenes. But, no, you're – you make good points with, with what JT can bring also. Well, I got to tell you something. I, I, as much, well, I mean, again, I think the Ohio State would be fine either way. Like you said, I, I think there's so much redundancy built into the offense that I, I don't know that either quarterback is going to be a death sentence to the, the offense. Yeah, like they, they but, showed you it was built to, it was built to accommodate. Right, like exactly. Both, both styles, exactly. whoever was, was put into that system. It's about building that talent all across the board. It, which is why, like some of the names we had, you've got guys that are second team, third team that are will be looking to play. You know, at many of the power five schools in America, it's about that depth oh, yeah. that they've built up, so they can Absolutely. they can afford a loss like that and still, you know. And again, I don't even think they were disguising it because I do think, like standing alone, like Cardale and JT, like they they just found like magic at the quarterback position. But oh, even if they weren't as good, they, it'd still probably be fine because of all the talent they put around them. Yeah, and the the only thing that I would say for JT Barrett starting is that you, that gives Cardale Jones an opportunity to text Ronda Rousey from the bench during a game. Oh God! And yeah. man, that would be I I would enjoy that very much. She, I think she was like she, you saw that video like she oh yeah video absolutely. chat does does she do a she video sn- chat for everybody that tweets at her like I, I have to think that was like a special <laughs> thing just for him I know my God she, she was, was like, like tweeting out the time of his, her UFC fight and everything she was falling all <laughs> over herself yeah. she was like giggling and she was she was like oh, Cardale said this about me <laughs> I I just think they need to get together and their offspring should all come to Ohio State and play football. Yeah. God, that'd be yeah. terrible. She's about to kill a woman on Saturday. Oh, I know. I don't even want to think about what's going to happen to that lady. Um, and she's from Columbus too, isn't she? Like Rhonda? No, no, no. They're her opponent, I think, or somebody. Beth, I don't know. Yeah, it's Maybe Beth, it's an uh, undercard. Beth Correa. I, I thought she was yeah. Brazilian. Like that's why she's fighting in Brazil. No, nah, I'm thinking of somebody else. I might be thinking of the undercard or something. There, I don't I know. I think she fought a couple of times in Columbus. I think oh, okay. some of the fights. I was looking that up, and it was before I knew. I think a couple of like her. I think she's like eleven and zero in her career. I think she might have nice. a couple of fights that were in Columbus. Might be what so you're thinking. So her and the U.S. Men's National Football Team getting it done in Seabus. Yeah. Uh, right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we are we are running a little low on time, but I do really want to ask you this this last really nonsensical question. Um, so we do a thing called Ask Us Anything on this podcast and people can literally ask us anything we have sent people on vacations we have named dogs we have done other things along these lines we got a tweet today and this is a very important one i want i want you to really wreck your brain on this one um what is your definition of a sandwich uh do hot dogs count how about tacos uh no no neither of those count they they don't No, as a sandwich sure yeah because think of i mean again how, how would you define a sandwich a sandwich. All right, let's. Because uh, that we got to break it down. A sandwich has to be vertical. All right. So okay, that's, that's one of the things. A, a taco, <laughs> it's just like a flap. It's like a fold over. That's very interesting. That's that's not a sandwich. And the hot dog, it's kind of. That's like that's, that's like if, that's like if you dropped your sandwich on its side and like the bread was pointing <laughs> skyward. No, I'm actually mad. Vertical. I didn't. You got a <laughs> slice of bread on the bottom and then all your fixings. And I don't even think – it's not just that because a hamburger is its own realm. 
sure. you call a hamburger a hamburger. You're not calling it a or sandwich. Like a, or like a cheesesteak, right? Yeah, cheesesteak is a cheesesteak. I can see a cheesesteak is absolutely more of a sandwich than a than a hamburger would be. But no, no, you'd think you think a hot dog and a taco falls into sandwich category. Well, you know, I had a whole line of reasoning thought out. You just blew it up with a vertical horizontal thing. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> so I mean, so how does how do you how do you uh, how do you feel about pita bread then, like the pita pocket bread? Is that not a sandwich? God, yeah, pita is fantastic, but I think it's a I think it's a pita, right? Uh, isn't you, isn't, isn't there this whole like national chain it, restaurant? I know I had them in my college town, like the Pita Pit. The Pita, pita Pit's pit awesome. Was, pita Pit was huge. Yeah, just pita walking there was awesome. open late night. The one that I in, in my college town was open late. You just go in there and give me a pita. It's three in the morning. <laughs> but no, I, that, I don't think that's a sandwich either. I think that's a pita. Yeah. You're right. So you but have like a perfect you have a, sandwich a has very to be on minute King's. little. Yeah, you have you have a very um, a, a wide variety of categories. You have you have you have very compartmentalized categories. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, okay. this is this is serious stuff that we're talking about. It is serious stuff. I just I take this thing I take this very seriously. You've got to know. And I am if, really impressed by your argument. If we're talking about sandwich making, I hope yeah. you're as as into the King's Hawaiian rolls. As I oh, am, because there's oh, no better sandwich than uh, built went, on a King's Hawaiian. I went to a party with uh, some burgers that a guy did with the the Hawaiian rolls mm-hmm. on the bun. Yep, they've got the hamburger them. rolls too. Oh, Forget it. That was so good. It's the only way to live. I'm just fascinated <laughs> by this because like the all of those like the pita and the cheesesteak and the hamburger and the, all of those things are like those are like the species and they would fall under like <laughs> different. The different What's the phylum, phylum that we're looking at? Yeah, right. And the that was, that was and good. That. You, you got one more? You got one more of those? Another question? Yeah, or? another question. Uh, that's probably the most ridiculous question that we've had this week. Hang on a second. Let me... You know what? Let's... Since you did so well with that question, <laughs> Tim, I'm going to pull up the 11 Dubcast Twitter account, because we do have that, which we basically just use for these questions. I mean, that's that's literally it. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Tell you what, I'll give you uh, I'll give you one that we got. Actually, you know what? Hang on a second. I'm, I'm scrolling through them as we speak. I want to get a real good one here. The literally right, how about hundreds this? of questions that we have. <laughs> yeah, you guys, <laughs> yes. you guys have a following. You do. Uh, Eleven Warriors has a following. Uh, <laughs> following by right. association, it's like my following. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about this? The Dubcast is, so, the, is, I don't is know. the kids' table at the holiday of Eleven Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's, it's like doing the evening show in a, in a lineup of sports talk. Yeah. You know what, Buckeye, you know, you're you're coming home, you're you're in your car. Like that's why I listen to it cuz I'm I'm in my car, I'm going home from school, you know, like I'm doing my thing. Like it, it's like it's a good, you know, it's a good show to pick up on. I actually listen to it quite a bit. God, uh, that's so good how about to hear. This? This is this is uh this is one we got today. Uh, if Butter Urban Meyer from the Ohio State Fair is hired at Purdue tomorrow, how long does he take to get them to a bowl game, and does he recruit better? Butter Urban Meyer, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna step foot, and I'm I, I'm sorry I'm sorry, uh, Dad, because that's uh, that's Boilermaker Jeff, my father right there. But <laughs> he, Ur, Butter Urban is getting to West Lafayette, and yeah. he's melting in the first day. He's, he says, <laughs> Michael like, said the exact same thing. He's turning into like that tub butter. He's going to be in a bucket of country <laughs> crock, and somebody's going to carry him out of there. Excellent. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, not going to work. Hot seat's going to kill him. He's like Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> uh, Tim Hall, thank you very much for coming on tonight and answering our completely inane questions. You did excellently, by the way. That that was terrific. We We sometimes ask – uh, guess who come on these types of questions and they they flounder they do a horrible no. job you know yeah we want to know what urban meyer's favorite cereal is they can't give us anything you have done an excellent job with this so i i applaud you please everyone listen to tim hall 97.1 the fan bucket extra evenings on that fine radio station thanks for coming on hey, man. it's it's about versatility right you gotta <laughs> that's right you gotta broaden your horizons you school might, radio guy useless knowledge but there's a use for everything. There, there really I agree. Is. These yeah, are the no. things that keep us up at night. These are the mm-hmm. kinds of questions yeah. <laughs> that we we ponder in the wee hours. These are the right. these are the things that gave me a career somehow. So <laughs> I don't know. Michael, Johnny, thanks a lot, guys. Any any time, any time.
No problem, dude. And that is the 11 dub cast for this summer fun edition. One of the, yeah, yeah. It's it's sad that it's over, but you know, starting at the end of August, we're going to be going weekly again, and and things are going to start ramping up and getting crazy. Yeah. So look forward to that, mom. <laughs> <laughs> who does listen to these for some reason. Uh, so anyway, I do have a final question for you. By the way, thanks thanks to our guest, Tim Hall, for coming on and yeah. and shooting the, the Buckeye poop with us. Um, and thanks to Johnny's mom for listening. Yeah, and, and only Johnny's mom, because you're the only person who listens. To <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? My girlfriend's dad listened to it, too. So there you go. That's two people. Hi. Weird. Also, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I figured anyway, each of our listeners. Anyway, now that now that they both hate me, uh, let's ask a final question right. here. So everybody's all super pumped for Nick Bosa. Everybody's freaking out, pooping their pants, whatever. Yep. Michael, in your time as an Ohio State fan, who has been the recruit that people have been like that you can remember people being just the most crazy about? Like, well, this guy's changing the game for Ohio State. <laughs> This is going to go back a long way, just like me. Uh, there was a, a young man from Ohio, in fact, who was a, a very highly prized recruit and, in fact, was on a box of Wheaties oh, by the name okay. of Chris Spielman. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, I mean, recruiting wasn't like it is today. Was he really that hyped? I, I'm surprised by that. That's what I, well, bit. that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, not, it's not the same level of information because it wasn't the information superhighway age or anything that sure. it was just like you didn't really know you, you kind of just went all right if, if you knew ohio football ohio high school football you might get excited about when somebody committed but it wasn't big huge news it wasn't like there was a thing in the newspaper a little column about recruiting every time uh, right so you basically found out that fall who was on who's the new guys on the team when the roster came out you'd see it and go oh okay yeah, i remember seeing that guy play he was in the state championship game or whatever but this guy, Chris Spielman, was on a box of Wheaties as a high school player. And that kind of That's pretty got good. everybody's That's attention. All right, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it got everybody's attention, and, and it was instantly you knew, this guy's going to have something. There's you know, it has got to be something about this guy. And and I didn't know anything about Maslin High School football at that time. I was like, I don't know who he is, but he's on the Wheaties box. He's going to be good. And right. lo and behold, he was pretty, he was okay. he was pretty goddamn good. Yeah, he was great. It turned out all right. Yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of people were uh, excited about about him, and, and then you know, probably the next the next closest thing to him is probably Andy Katzenmoyer. Mm, yeah, I don't remember too much. I mean, I I watched Andy Katzenmoyer a lot, you know, when I was a kid, and I do remember people kind of fawning over him. I don't really remember the hype surrounding him coming to Ohio State. I, I mean, obviously he was a big contributor really early on as a football player, yeah. but I don't yeah. remember anything before that. I mean, you know, I was like. I was like ten or he, he was just started. a beast and and I think just just a physical specimen that people were there was a buzz about him early on and then he gets to campus and uh he's allowed to wear Archie's number, which right. is another big thing. So I mean those were like the two back in the day guys that I would I would point to as as being, you know, guys that got everybody excited. And then like more recently, obviously Terrell Pryor was a huge recruit. Yeah, that's the guy who I was going to say, like, TPZ, the, all the drama surrounding his recruitment, and the fact that he kind of strung it out a little bit longer, right? Like, he didn't sign on signing day, and it went on another, like, month and a half or something. That probably contributed to it, and, and obviously, just because of his talent in high school, like, you would watch videos. <laughs> First of all, he's already, like, a good foot and a half taller than everyone else, but also the fact that he's already so stupid fast. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I think Terrell Pryor probably would have been my choice. I do remember, however, this is a story that I forgot to tell in the article that I wrote a little bit ago about recruiting. Uh, I don't really follow recruiting that closely right now. I mean, I follow it fairly closely. I mean, a lot more closely than I used to. But in college, the only time at Ohio State that I really remember following a recruit and going like, we got to get this guy, he's so good, was probably Beanie Wells. And I remember actually specifically being in Long's bookstore shopping for books for some probably I guess you know winter quarter or whatever, and they had one of the TVs, the closed circuit TVs, in there on the Army Navy game, and I was like, I think Beanie Wells was in there, maybe it was whatever game he was playing in, some kind of All Star game, and there were like twenty people crowded around this TV, just like, oh, this is the new guy, this is the new Archie, and everybody was like 
all about that. I think it's the one time I can really remember, other than prior people being really super hyped about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa, I don't know, is really quite that guy, probably because he def- he's a defensive guy, right? Like, people want to see the offensive, flashy, crazy guy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's you're absolutely right. The, the information superhighway, the interwebs, as we like to call them. Yeah, and the thing about prior, too, was, was there was that big circus about his recruitment and, right. you know, so many teams were very close. You know, like Penn State was in on it, Ohio State, and I think Pitt might have been there in Michigan, and then he, you know, it was signing day, and it was like, yeah, I'm not going to announce it today. So right. a few more days went by, you know, and then and then he picked. He doesn't Ohio have State. to. He doesn't have to. There's no. That's obligation right. That's it. right. You know, he he he. I think that turned some people off, but it's like, you know what? That's a big decision. If he wants to wait, that's his. That's his prerogative, man. I mean, if he wants to see if you know South Carolina wants to shove a couple hundred thousand bucks in his pocket, then that's his, that's his prerogative. You know, whatever, go for it. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I think it's interesting. Uh, we will be back at the end of August. We'll we'll ramp up with a little preview yep. of the season to come. We'll bring Matt Finkus back for Finkus on football. Yes, that's right. And then we're going to be doing this sucker weekly, which is a terrible strain in our <laughs> our heads, but that's okay. Our families <laughs> do don't get to see us. You. <laughs> Yeah, we do it. We do it for the love of the game and the love of the podcast. And for so, ask us anything. That's really <laughs> that's that's honestly ninety percent of why. Anyway, so we'll see you guys uh, in a few weeks and get get pumped because it's getting close. Let's do it. Peace.